Rio Rancho Radio 92.9 We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, Pam Harris's Pequail Realty. It is time to find out what is going on in the city of Vision with our mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek. And I'm back. Yes. <laughs> I was gone last Friday. Thanks for sticking in with me. Uh, I had to head over to Phoenix and uh, take care of uh, some family issues over there, as everybody's aware. But uh, anyway, we're back. And, uh, the city we're, was still here when you got home. Yes, so the city good. was still here yeah. when we got home. And we came home to some nice rain this past week. Boy, I guess so, man. And, you know, we got a little bit of rain. Fortunately, it wasn't devastating torrential rains, which we can get, right? Yes, it was pleasant. Oh, and while you were gone, they fixed the water leak in the street out in Absolutely. front of the station. I, I noticed that pulling in, that the leak yeah. was all repaired. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, in the summertime, that's when we see the most of these water main breaks. It's unfortunate because, once again, that's a legacy issue for Rio Rancho. Oh, it's um, happening everywhere. Yeah, it's man. happening it's everywhere. Here. Well, yeah, but when you talk about it, it's something that we're going to be working on for a long time. Oh, but that, yeah, that it, part, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're correct. It's all over the country. It's uh, infrastructure is an issue everywhere in the United States. You're talking about when you you look at national infrastructure like bridges and the interstates, the work that needs to be done on those, it is a national issue. And that's why, once again, I continue to say, especially on the road repairs, when you look at the work that needs to be done there, even getting people to bid on our projects is difficult because it's just the equipment's not there. And the ability to get it done sometimes is restricted by the companies that have availabilities and the materials that are available. So the same thing with the water pipes, we're going through and trying to replace them all in a very systematic way and you can't just jump from here to here and I know people say why do you keep patching this and as opposed to just replacing the pipe and we talked about that because I might have whatever the cost to patch it is two three four five thousand dollars to do the patch right mm-hmm. whereas replacing the entire pipe could be a couple million dollars and so I've got the money to patch but I don't have the money to replace just at this point in time and that's why we've got to kind of move through it in a very systematic yeah. way but the pipes that we are getting replaced, those are holding up really, really well, and we're doing them to a new standard. As we move through it, we'll get them all replaced eventually. Well, to the city's credit, and you know, we talked about you don't have a lot of crews for this, so it took them a little while to get to it. But once I noticed paint on the street where they had marked the spot where they got to dig, yep, and then it was like in two days they had dug it, they had replaced the part that was broken, and it was uh, filled with dirt, and then the next day they came and put the asphalt over it. Right. So once they got to it, they did it pretty quick. Yeah. And it's just a matter of getting to them one at a time. Well, yeah. there's we've got a couple of crews that work on these things, but if you have multiple leaks and you only have two or three crews, they really have to prioritize those. Sure. I imagine the bigger streets... You know, get priority over the Well, the bigger breaks do. We yeah. had a big one over in the high resort area off of Broadmoor the other day, and that was a main. Oh, and when man. a main goes, you drop everything and you take all your resources to the main, right? Because exactly. that thing can put out hundreds of thousands of gallons in a matter of minutes. Wow. So you've got to, yeah, you've got to move fast on those. So all the people in that area then had to have their water shut off because obviously you can't replace it when the water's gushing out. Correct. you got to shut the water off, and it does affect houses when a main goes goes down because you've got to get the water turned off first, then you've got to execute the pipe, and then you've got to bleed the pipes and repressurize the system. So there's a few steps to get it done. So once we shut it down, it's not just turning it right back on. You've got to prime the whole thing and, and get everything flowing again. 
But yeah, a lot to it. I'm grateful to all the individuals that get down in those holes in the middle of the night or during the day. And that Broadmoor break happened at like five o'clock. So that means those folks had to work all the way into the night to get that thing fixed. What must that have done to traffic? Oh, well, they had a place to reroute the traffic. It did back it up a little bit. It was on Broadmoor, but they did a good job of managing the traffic flow and getting stuff through there. And yeah, it was a little bit of a delay, but big kudos to the water department for getting out there and getting that fixed and all the individuals that work very hard to get those things fixed and get the water back on as quickly as possible. They're the unsung heroes you know yes. all you know is you know, i get I, I get people yeah. to call me and they go I, I, I went to turn on the water and it didn't come on so and, and that is upsetting and concerning absolutely and then all of a sudden the, the, you go to turn on the faucet and it comes back on again well that's yeah. because somebody, somebody really, did something he, somebody did something yeah. some really great people got yeah. out there and got it fixed so and they are the unsung heroes that work behind the scenes and they deserve our appreciation and our gratitude because i wouldn't know how to do that no, no. I, well, I used to be able to repair like PVC for right. my sprinklers, but not not what oh, they're no, this doing. Is like a main. You yeah, know? I mean, you're so. talking. You're, you're talking. I don't know, ten, twelve, fifteen inch main. Oh yeah, big big pipe. Yeah, big pipe. So we know Rio Rancho is a nice place to live, but apparently the rest of the world is finding out about it as well, and uh, some awards that the city has got. Wow, we are starting to top the list on a very regular basis. And you and I talked about the livability study that was done by Livability.com a few months ago that put Rio Rancho in the top 100 communities to live in in the United States. And the same organization has now ranked Rio Rancho the 10th best city in the Southwest to live in. And they've ranked us in with cities like Chandler and they've ranked us in with like Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I don't know if you're familiar with Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I've not been there. Lawton, Oklahoma and some of the, the Arizona and Texas cities, Colorado cities. I think along with Rio Rancho, Santa Fe made the list. And so it's actually pretty cool when you look at being recognized as a community that is a most livable community. And I'm going to tell you, when we wrote our strategic plan so many years ago, it's interesting that we are the 10th best city to live in in the Southwest. And the reason I bring that up, Derek, is in as a mission statement for our strategic plan, we said our goal is to be the best city in the Southwest. See, well, you're so getting close. we're getting close, yeah. right? So we're in the top 25 and now we're in the top 10, right? So we're moving in the right direction. We didn't make this list years ago. Now we're hitting these lists on a very consistent basis and it's great. And we are getting a lot of national recognition. And for some people, they like that. And for other people, I think you said it to me, it says, well, now the nation knows how great we are. We don't want this influx of people coming our Well, that's way. what always happens. You make a nice place and people come and want to change it. It's like, well, you came here because you liked it the way it was. Now you want to make it like the place you just came from. Right, right. And it's not as good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and so we, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you came here because it's great. So let's keep doing the things that continue to make it a wonderful community for everybody to live in. And that's what our goal is. And we'll continue to plug along that. And I think as we continue to meet our other goals, we will continue to move up that list. 
and when you say, well, what are your other goals? Well, bringing more businesses here, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's sit-down restaurants, which, by the way, you know, I put this on Facebook on Friday to let everybody know. And, and of course, that's one of the things where the city needs to build more restaurants. Well, the city doesn't build restaurants. We you don't want the city to build restaurants. Correct. That wouldn't be fair to the existing restaurants to use our tax dollars to compete with it. Correct. And you need to build more stores. Well, the city doesn't build stores either. What we build are community facilities like libraries, city hall, parks, recreation facilities. We use taxpayer dollars to build those so that we can provide a quality life. Senior centers, for example, the aquatic center, swimming Mm -hmm. pools, recreation facilities that are community amenities. And we do have a great number of parks in our community. Now, we need more stuff like that. I'm going to give you that. One of the things up in Enchanted Hills, well, we've got a lot of development going on up there, and I hope somebody in Enchanted Hills is listening to this, and you'll share this. We'll upload this to a podcast later today, and I hope that you'll share it on your social media page so that more people hear about this. But we really are looking at the fact that Enchanted Hills just recently got a new library. Well, I'd like to see a swimming pool up in that area as well. So we're looking at different opportunities. We just did a land swap with the... Rio Rancho Public Schools, where we acquired a piece of property over in Unit 10, which is near Maggie Cordova Elementary School. That's going to be the next fire station in Rio Rancho. So we're working toward putting in a new fire station. Another piece of property that we just worked out with the Rio Rancho Public Schools is the city had owned it, but the school district had a lease on the property. And so we worked out a deal where the city now has the old Shining Stars location at Northern and Rockaway. Mm-hmm. We now have that back. Now, the school district still, if you're listening to this, the school district still got to get those buildings off of there. Those portable buildings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the school district's still going to get that done. But that's an area where we'd like to see a very large uh, multi-generational facility go that has indoor facilities, not necessarily a swimming pool because the aquatic center is right there, but we need things like indoor facilities like basketball courts and other things that recreation, exercise, things that we can do to make the community have these additional amenities. So we're looking at stuff like that. This year we'll be expanding Campus Park. We'll be expanding the Broadmoor Senior Center and uh, just a lot of other things. Those are the things that the city builds and that's why when an organization like Livability looks at the things that we're doing and the things that we're investing in, they go, hey, this is a really livable city. They see us fixing roads. They see us doing the infrastructure stuff, and that's important. But they also see us adding those quality of life amenities that really start to make a difference. And uh, so you've got all those things going on, but we have now hit the 10th best, most livable city in the Southwest. And I am very proud of that because when I took office in 20. 14, we weren't hitting any list. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's an interesting point. Uh, well, maybe but, if it was a bad one. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you go back before there were people here in this area. This was just all desert. Okay? Right. And what makes one city different from another is the people who run it. Right. Why is one city getting these awards and the others not? It's because of how the city government is run. I mean, you all have to follow the same laws, but there are some things that you can do that others don't do and I think that's where the difference is. Well I think it comes down to priorities and you know and everybody knows if they know me at all my number one priority is public safety. 
And if you don't have a safe community, you don't have a livable community. End of story. And public safety has been front and center in the news in the last week or so. And I can tell you right now, we've got the best, I will say this, and there's others that will debate me, but we've got the best police department in the state. And that's me, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm a little biased. It's okay. But, you know, one of the things that I focused on, Derek, was getting our public safety, the equipment and the things that they need to make sure that they can respond to our emergencies. And the one thing I have to say thank you to the voters is when I championed the public safety bond in 2018 and put it on the voters and asked for a tax increase. Now, this was a voter approved tax increase, not a council approved one or a mayor edicted tax increase. This was a tax increase on your property taxes that gave us money to buy fire trucks and police cars and the critical equipment that we needed to make sure that we could continue to grow and fortify our public safety. And you know me. I'm very cautious about asking for money unless it's just absolutely necessary. And the two times that we've asked for money, one was to fix the roads and the other was was to keep the city safe. And those are things that I know based on the surveys that we've done, that those are the number one things that the citizens of Rio Rancho are truly looking for. And safe city quality infrastructure and they want to see the city look great and you know i was driving down the streets the other day thinking about this particular article and as i'm driving down 528 i go you know our city looks great and then i drove down another road and i noticed how nice it looked and then i just drove down that new king road that we're doing and mm-hmm. the landscaping's done and the street lights just went up oh. it's beautiful yeah you know and I'm, I'm going hey we're doing some right things so when you go back to this once again yes it is the leadership but once again when you say we're all kind of governed by the same laws yes but we all have different priorities on what we think is going to be the best thing for our city and my thing has always been Listen to the voters, listen to the citizens. What do they think is the most important thing? And that is so far has been consistently and unfailing. Give us great public safety. Give us great infrastructure. And those are the core elements that are the bedrock of a solid city. I think part of the credit goes to the citizens as well here in in Rio Rancho. Because you remember a few years back, there was a big thing to defund the police. Cities all over the country were defund the police. We don't want the police. And then, you remember, Officer Benner was tragically killed protecting us in in, in a a robbery of a convenience store. The funeral route. I was driving down Northern, and I saw this. People, citizens, lined up for miles down Northern Boulevard in support of Officer Benner. Yes. When everybody is saying in other cities, defund the police, here we are supporting our police. Correct. And, And I'll tell you what, I've never seen a more overwhelming display of support, but that is absolutely correct, Derek, when you talk about it, is that the Rio Rancho PD and the citizens have an amazing relationship. And you'll see that online when people are talking about our police department. I love the police department. I love the police department. I love the police department. The police department really does an amazing job of making everybody feel safe, but they also do a great job of integrating themselves into the community so that they feel accessible, they feel approachable, and and they feel that people can just walk up to them and say hello and tell them thank you for doing a great job. And so I really appreciate our police department and I, I really appreciate our fire department, which, by the way, we're uh, proud to announce also. And this this goes along in the last governing body meeting. We 
just approved a brand new extension of the Rio Rancho Fire Department uh, union contract. So we've got a new contract in place. And once again, a big shout out and kudos and thank you to all of our first responders that are out there doing an amazing job. We just had 9-11 a week and a half ago, and Mm -hmm. we had a really nice ceremony back over at Verde Vista Memorial Park where Daniel's family funeral is. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, it's just a beautiful ceremony. It's stuff like that, Derek. That when we come together as a community, outside organizations like livability.com are seeing that stuff and they're going, that's a good community, Mm -hmm. right? And then also your budget. Yes. Well, I mean, you can't have a livable community if you don't have a good budget. <laughs> yes. Right. So proud to announce that uh, now we have for, I think, at least uh, for all 10 years that I've been in office and actually for, I think, about eight years before that, we've received yet another GFOA national recognition for an award winning budget. And so really proud of that. And and the thing about our budget is in the past few years, we've actually had a budget that when we go through our audits and we see how we stick to that budget and how we use that budget as a policy document. And that's that's really what a budget is. It's a policy document. And we're getting awards because it's a solid policy on how we want to manage not only the goals and objectives that we have as a community, but also balancing the needs of the community through paying these city employees, managing and controlling a lot of those areas, watching our expenses, being frugal with the dollars where we need to. And so when you look at that from a policy standpoint, that's really where these awards start to kick in is that we've developed a great policy document. And I hate to use that word so many times, (laughs) policy, policy, but that's what it is. And sticking to that budget document is very important. And then when we come to the end of the year and into the budget cycle, we get audited and we typically come away with uh, clean audits, which I'm very proud of as well. We've had uh, all 10 years that I've been in office, we've had clean audits with very few issues, if you will. Uh, And some of the cleanest audits in the city's history have been in the last 10 years. One year where we had what they call no findings. And that's about the cleanest audit you can possibly get and almost almost an impossible task. But our financial team at the city pulled it off. So yeah, that's an amazing thing. So budget award, 10th best city in the Southwest. And we are seeing people and companies starting to really pay attention to Rio Rancho. And that's evidenced by the fact that when we talk about the city needs to build more stores or the city needs to do this or the city needs to do that, really what the city needs to do is put in those basic fundamental building blocks that investors see the value in and they come in like Sprouts. Sprouts coming in once again to Enchanted Hills. That's a major investor. We don't own Plaza and Enchanted Hills. I mean, when I say we, the city doesn't own that. That's a private investor. That's private property. And we can't tell them who they can and can't lease their property to. but you could pave Enchanted Hills Boulevard to make it a place where people want to be. (laughs) Exactly, which we're doing. We're repaving that. Now, when I say we can't tell them what they can and can't do, there are zoning laws, so that's not necessarily 100% true, but based on the zoning, if they're doing what they're doing within the zoning, they can do whatever they want to do. You can move forward with that. But that being said, 
what our job is, is to try to recruit and attract. And how do you do that? You have a livable city. So all the pieces are really starting to come together, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm excited to be recognized. And, and along with that budget award, you remember last year we talked about this right after the last election when the voters approved the GO bonds for the roads and the public safety again in the last election. Moody's came in and upgraded our bond ratings. And so our credit rating has basically, with our bond rating where it's, it is, it's like the city having a FICO score of 800 or something like that. I don't know. So, yeah. But I'm just if say you your budget did have problems, and uh, I guess you'd have to fix the problems. But if, if things don't come out right, I know in some cases there's uh, state money that you couldn't qualify for if your Correct. budget doesn't come out right. Correct. So. Absolutely. You could have the state take over your fiscal agency if you don't pass your audits and stuff like that. There's a lot of ramifications that can happen. So there's different things that can happen if you're not doing a, a good job. But those are the things that are happening, and you're seeing not only new development, but as you've seen this past week, we're seeing some redevelopment. Yes, and uh, so if you don't know Brenda from Brenda's Car Wash, she sold the property, and they've taken the building down, the Garden Plaza. Yes. And uh, Brenda, you know, I mean, she chose to sell it, and we talked, she and I talked about this, and, and she's sad to see the building come down, but on the other hand, I'm sure she made a good deal, and uh, so new things are happening. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to happen in a city. You're going to see metropolitan redevelopment areas where you take an older building, you go ahead and bring it down, and a new building goes up, and Brenda's was an iconic building there, but I have to say this, because I have to push this out there, Derek... We have one less car wash in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Brenda's car wash is gone. And, and, uh, so, yes. yeah. so we can say one less car wash, not uh, another, another car, car wash. wash right. but, yeah. but what's going in there is... Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, what's going in there, and, and they do this, once again, this is a private investor decision, they not a city. They chose to do this. They yeah. chose to do this. Yes, it's Raising Cane's is going in there. Right next uh, to... Right next to Chick-fil-A. Right. And obviously they want to do head-to-head competition with Chick-fil-A. Nothing wrong with that. We live in a free market economy. You get to do that. The land was for sale. They bought it. They're going to build the building. They're going to invest the money there. So and the city can't say, well, there's already a chicken place there. You can't do that? Nope. Can't do that. Can't say uh, you can't do that. That's uh, So if they do this, and they fa- I don't think they will fail, but if they were to fail, it's only on them. But to be fair in a way, the chicken they have, it's different than Chick-fil-A. Right. It's a different flavor. It's a different type. And my biggest concern is I've seen these Raising Canes open up. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern is the traffic nightmare yes. we're going to have right there at the out. corner. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. Right there at Southern and Unser. I mean, look, it's a very high visibility corner. They made this decision based on traffic counts and visibility. Sure. Everybody wants to be on a corner where there's just a huge traffic count. And right now, Southern and Unser has a huge traffic count, I think somewhere north of 40,000 cars a day. I haven't checked it lately, but I know that it's a lot. And that's a high shopping area. Oh, as well. Yeah. So you've got Walmart right there. And across the street, you've got the El Mesquite Market. And across the street, you've got the movie theater. And you've got uh, Chick-fil-A there. And you've got Christian Brothers Automotive right mm-hmm. there. And as you go down the street, there's lots of other sh- kind of shopping options as you go down the street. So there's a lot there in the general vicinity. And yeah, but once again, 
Derek, it's a free market. And I think you would agree with this and you can talk on this point. But do you really want the government coming in telling you if you buy a piece of property that's C1, commercially zoned, Mm -hmm. and there's entitlements in that land, that means that the city's already said you can build this, 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 this and this. And you bought that piece of property with that knowledge saying, hey, I bought this because the city zoning specifically said I could put a car wash here. The city zoning specifically said I could put a restaurant here. Didn't say what kind of restaurant. Do you really want the government coming in after you've paid for property and then telling you what you can and can't do with the property after the fact? Yeah, no, of course not. And then if that were the case, this in th- theoretically, then you could say in the zoning, the city put, well, we can only have so many chicken places within a certain distance from each other. Well, then they would know that before they bought the property. Correct. But you don't do that anyway. Right. And so they go, they check the zoning, they buy the property based on the zoning. So because honestly, if you go into an area where it's not zoned, it's a lot harder to get something rezoned than it is to just go ahead and build something that's already zoned. And you got a high traffic corner here, so it's a win for them. I'm sure they're going to do really great there. And I'm sure that this is not the first time that they've put a Raising Cane's right next to a Chick-fil-A. You know, I'm sure, you know, right now you could only enter from Southern. Is that going to stay the same or are they going to be able to come in from Unser? No, it'll only still come in at that one entrance on Southern. Now you can come in technically through the Chick-fil-A and get, and right now you can access that property through the Chick-fil-A. The accessibility is still going to be there on Southern, but we're going to push that back a little bit. We're going to push it a further east from where the driveway is now. And I think from the development plans I've seen, the driveway is going to get a lot wider. Good, because yeah, that would back up to the intersection sometimes. Correct. And we don't want to do that, but we know even with a wider driveway and even with pushing people onto that property, we're going to have some backups on Southern. We experienced that with stripes. And we've had the backups onto the main road with the new Slim Chicken. So anytime we get something new in Rio Rancho, people just go hit it. (laughs) Well, that's good. It takes a little while for it to buffer down, right? And so once people kind of find their pattern and things settle down. But I remember, gosh, when Dutch Brothers opened up. People were waiting three, four hours to get a coffee. I'm telling you, I... I don't crave coffee that bad, but people wanted to get some Dutch Brothers, and so they they sat in that line for three or four hours. But there's always some excitement around new companies coming in. But yeah, Brenda's, we want to say thank you to Brenda. She's been a great community partner for a long, long time. On one hand, we're sad to see the building come down, but on the other hand, we know that that's a sign of progress and growth, and things are moving on. We know Brenda is, uh, she's still here. She's still going to find something to do in her rancho. She's doing pottery classes. Yes, yes. So so fantastic. And she's always going to find something to do. She's a go-getter. And we appreciate Brenda. And so, yeah. So all those things are really happening. And that's the sign of investment coming into the community. And that's what we want. And speaking of investment coming into the community, if you live in the Cabazon area or some of these neighborhoods, you probably saw somebody went wild with the line marking spray paint. <laughs> so if when I say line marking, they're marking on the ground, you know, because they're showing somebody where all the lines are the gas lines, the electric lines, the cable lines, all that stuff. And that's in Cabazon in my neighborhood. I came home and there was just paint everywhere, right? And in my yard too. And uh, what that's doing is that's showing Comcast where the lines are. So where to dig. Where to dig. Or where and not to dig. 
where, where did where actually we're not to tunnel because right. they're pushing that line underground without actually laying in a trench, right? Ah, so they have to tear up the street. Exactly, they're just pushing it underneath. But they need to know where that stuff is so that they can kind of avoid that. So Comcast is laying in that. And look, if you read the Observer article about a week or so ago, they ran an article on Comcast coming to Rio Rancho. We're excited for their investment, and uh, the article said they were going to be putting anywhere from a hundred to a hundred and fifty million dollars worth of infrastructure into Rio Rancho. And this is a private company coming in using their private dollars to provide a private service to the citizens of Rio Rancho. And so to see this type of investment come into the city of Rio Rancho, this means that we're going to have some one-time revenue from the gross receipts from the construction gross receipts tax that comes off of that. And we're going to be able to put that money toward, uh, I don't know, fixing roads, yeah. improving quality of life facilities, you know, different things like that. Well, understanding that that's going to be one-time money. And so mm-hmm. we're not going to want to create reoccurring expenses off that, but we're going to be able to take that money and budget it and who knows we'll maybe we'll put some more money into the permanent fund there you go you know we need to we need to talk about the permanent fund we just got our first report on it oh, yes the permanent fund has a new balance in it and it's a positive one yes. so and we're growing money for the citizens of rio rancho these are the things that outside companies are looking at derek that are saying this city is got the right priorities they're doing the right things and that's why we're going to recognize them as the most livable city and we're going to reward them with uh, better bond ratings and those are the things that are happening right now but yeah if you've got uh bright paint in your front yard it's probably comcast yeah, but uh, it's water-based it'll it'll, yeah, it'll wash, wash away. off yeah. yeah it'll it'll take a couple of weeks but it'll eventually wear off absolutely so fall is upon us so we need to start talking about fall festival it's coming up here on october 21st and that's going to be from 2 to 8 p.m at campus park out at city center so we want you to go ahead and put that on your calendar we're going to get you a lot more details we're going to have a lot of fun things we're going to have vendors we're going to have booths we're going to have food trucks we're going to have movies out there we're going to have trunk or treat that's always a big, big, fun thing. We're going to have music out there, but I'll get a complete schedule of events next week as we're starting to develop the Fall Festival. This is a new event we started just a couple of years ago, but it's really not fall in Rio Rancho until you see the tents go up out at City Center for Galloping Goat Youth Ranch out there at City Center. The Pumpkin Patch is out there. Max Wade is out there uh, setting up the Galloping Goat Pumpkin Patch. So get out there, find your pumpkin because Halloween's coming and you need to get your pumpkins from Max Wade. He does an amazing job out there. The kids have so much fun. He paints up all of those wonderful hay bales and does them in so many different things. They get so creative with those things. And you remember, we used to let them put those in the media. I was just going to say that. That meant fall for me when I'd see those come out. Yeah. On on Sir, I remember seeing We loved that. We loved seeing those things go out in the medians, but it took one person doing a bad thing to stop that. And that was a vandal went out and set one of them on fire. It ruined it for everybody. And it did ruin it for everybody. But if you want to go out there, he's got all those magnificently painted hay bales out there. So Galloping Goat, I believe if I read the sign correctly, they're opening up for the 30th of September and they're going to run all the way through October. So I think the first weekend is that weekend of the 30th, but go out to their Facebook page, Galloping Goat Youth Ranch, and I know that they will love to see you out there. So just, Derek... You know, I keep going back to the livability study, but when I think about all the amazing things that we do here in Rio Rancho, 
I'm just always excited about our community, and I've got a love and a passion for this community, and I've been honored to have been the mayor now for a decade. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a decade. Yeah. Ten years. Of that. Yeah. yeah. So, and I've been the mayor for 25% of the city's history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, because we're only 40, well, a little less than 25%, but yeah. we're pretty doggone close. By the time my term's up, it'll be 25%. But yeah, the city's about 40 years old, and I've been the mayor for 10 years. And so it's been amazing, but we've seen some amazing growth. And I want to just give a shout out to all the people out there that just constantly send me kudos just all the time. I get so much wonderful support from this community, and I'm just grateful for it. And I couldn't be more grateful than to be the mayor of the city of Rio Rancho. So to each and every one of you out there that are listening today, I do want to remind you before we get out of here, we will be uploading this broadcast to a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the uh, Greg Hulp uh, Mayor Rancho podcast. You can find that on Spotify. Just go out or just Google Greg Hull Mayor Rancho podcast. It will come up. And I would ask you to please, 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 if you uh, like what you're hearing and you want to share it out in the community, there's a lot of information we put out in a very short period of time on this show. We just need to grow our listening base on the show here, 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. But then if you don't get it done, uh, you can't listen to it in the morning. Maybe you came in in the middle. Or maybe you came in in the middle. We want you to please uh, go out to the podcast, listen to it, and share it on your social media platform, whether that's Nextdoor, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just throw it out there so that other people can hear what's going on in the city of Rio Rancho. But Derek, that's about all I got for today. Okay, well, that's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) But everybody out there, thank you so much. Go out, make it a great day, and God bless.